Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! On today's episode of the RV, Tatiana Danford is hopping on to chat with us about her books, Motherland and a series of conversation books. She's a mother of three, a freelance writer, and has a YouTube show called The Craft and Business of Books. So, Tatiana, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here. So, Tatiana, you were born in New York City, correct? Right. Yes. To immigrant parents from Ukraine. You also speak several languages, and we were talking in Italian before. Yes. <laughs> so, do you speak Ukrainian? I do. I speak Ukrainian. It was my first language growing up. I did not speak English until I went to school when I was six. Um, so, and my parents spoke to me exclusively in Ukrainian because that's how they wanted me to grow up is just speaking that first. So I think because of that, it was really fun and easy for me to start learning other languages as I grew up. So then I started learning Spanish, Italian, Russian, and a little bit of French, but I don't speak it. I can understand it. <laughs> I understand because sometimes we speak many languages, but we we forget or we mix all of them. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you have three kids. So how are you incorporating your cultural heritage with raising your kids? Um, I, when they were born, I spoke to them only in Ukrainian, but it was difficult because my husband is English. Um, and he loved the fact that he could kind of learn certain words. But when you have um, two different languages, it's very hard to keep one up. So English ended up being kind of the main language because over time their friends would speak English, they'd be in school speaking English. So I was the only one that would be speaking Ukrainian to them. So it became really hard for me. I probably could have kept up better with it. They still know a few words and I still make sure that they hear it because I speak it to my parents still. And so they love hearing it. They know a few words, but they're not fluent. Um, and then there are certain things, certain traditions that we still celebrate. So you, you, the way Ukrainians do Christmas, it's on the 24th of December. Um, instead of the 25th and then there's like proper three kings chris uh three kings day which is in january on the 6th and 7th 
Um, so we do um, things like uh, at, during Easter, we do pisankir, which is the eggs that are kind of decorated very intricately. And I've taught them how to use the wax and how to kind of decorate the eggs. So little bits here and there. Yeah, I try my best. <laughs> yeah, it's important to, to share with them. The, yeah. And your, is your cultural heritage what inspired you to write your book, Motherland? Kind of. It was a combination of a lot of things. Um, when before, before I started writing the book, about a year before, we found out um, a family secret uh, that my grandmother had kept her entire life. <clears throat> and my mother spoke to me about it. And as soon as like that kind of the dust settled and I'm going, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I never knew about this thing. Uh, then I thought to myself, I have to start writing this story, not knowing that it was going to be a book, but then I thought I can, I can just keep writing it. And then it started slowly turning into a book. Um, and I love the fact that not only was it a, a, based on a true story, but I could incorporate so much of my heritage in it because obviously my grandmother is Ukrainian and her whole story was, you know, from Ukraine escaping during the, you know, World War II and then, you know, everything that kind of happened along there. And then she met my grandfather. And so all of these amazing things are kind of wove through the story. So it was a wonderful kind of thing for me to remind myself of how important that part of my life is, my heritage. Absolutely. Titiana, um, you mentioned your grandmother was a solid touchstone in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about her? She was a very complicated person. She was a very strong-willed woman. I mean, the amount of things that happened to her in her life, obviously surviving a war and surviving a German labor camp and all of that, it, you know, it added layers to her, you know, and she, it was a hard life. And I think as, you know, when you're younger, you don't really appreciate the living history that you have in your grandparents. And then when I got older, she and I kind of went back and forth together. It was a hard relationship because she expected me to be a certain way. And I didn't understand why. And I think it was because the way she grew up, she saw me as a certain way. So we kind of went our ways and she, she took care of me when I was younger, when my parents were working and she was very hard on me. Um, and she wasn't kind of affectionate in a lot of ways. She didn't say, I love you. She didn't, you know, she was just hard to be around. But as I grew older and then I went to college and then I kind of moved to the UK after I met my husband, she felt the distance between us. And, you know, she and I then, uh, would talk on the phone more often and when I visited she and I would have a, a closer relationship and towards the end of her life in the last kind of few years we became very close and uh you know to the yes I miss her terribly you know she's she was you know the one person in my life that when she was gone I felt like the ground underneath my feet had just disappeared. It was a very strange and hard moment for me to experience, you know? So yeah, she was, she was wonderful. She was quite legendary. <laughs> um, 
it must have been very, very hard to lose this strong woman, yeah? That yeah, because, you know, you think they're going to live forever when they're like that, but that's obviously impossible, <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I can relate to what you said. We because they are so strong, we always think, oh, they'll be here forever. And when something happened, we don't even believe that it did. did it was. I know. Why yeah. are they? They're not supposed to get old. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> and how did your grandmother's death affect you and your creativity? Um. I think it put me in a, it, it started me on a very different path. I think when I was writing Motherland, it was a very, um, you know, writing a novel is you kind of have to plan it out. And it's because it's not a memoir and it's not a biography. It was a novel based loosely on true events. So uh, it was writing, it felt very traditional in a lot of ways. And it was a wonderful and very hard experience. And it did really well. Um, but then when my grandmother died, uh, I felt a little bit kind of loose creatively. Like I didn't know what to do with these feelings. So I went for walks. I took my dog for walks in the woods and I found it very therapeutic for my head and my heart to be in nature. And suddenly words came out that were helping me heal, I guess. They were helping me make sense of what had happened to me. And I had to start writing these words down. So I kept notes in my phone or I would come home and I would just, it would all kind of come out. And I started realizing that I was writing a book of poetry and little kind of mini essays. I wasn't planning on it, but then I thought it was like I was having conversations with myself, with grief, because it felt like this thing had showed up on my doorstep. And I was like, I don't know what to do with you but I had to learn about it. I had to process it. I had to have all of these different feelings. And I felt like poetry suddenly became my way of making sense of it all. So I then, that kind of propelled me in this new direction. And it's been amazing writing poetry suddenly. I didn't, I don't call myself a poet necessarily because I think also there is a bit of a stigma around poetry because people are probably go, oh, poetry, it's so indulgent and boring um but i think it's really hard to write good poetry because you have to capture the feeling in that moment and then that will you try and translate exactly how you feel right through to your bones to someone else you know it was a very new direction a surprising direction but i'm so pleased in a lot of ways that it happened and with a Big change. Yeah. You went from historical fiction to poetry and prose. I know, which is a lot of people would go, what are you doing? But I don't think I'm the kind of the kind of person that plans on writing one particular thing for the rest of my writing career. I want to have the freedom and luckily being self-published, I do have the luxury of that freedom to go, okay, I finished with this book. Now I'm going to try this because that's what I feel. That's what's coming out. If somebody paid me to sit here and start writing a novel I'm not sure if I could do that I, I mean I'm sure I could find a way but I'm just kind of going with what I'm feeling right now which is a blessing in a lot of ways so after that you decided to publish a series of conversations book yeah. and I see that you launched or you published 
conversation with grief. Yes. So that one is out now. I published that in April of this year. It's done really well. I think, um, you know, it really resonates with people because grief is something that we have all been talking about more because of the last year and a half, the pandemic, the, you know, the world kind of just feels a bit on edge. And a lot of people feel like they need a release and being able to talk about grief in a way that's not sad and morbid. Sometimes you have to be able to kind of live with it and learn about it. And I think, you know, being able to publish that and having it do well, I thought it would be really interesting to have that in a series of three books, maybe four, maybe I'll do a fourth one next year. But if I do a series of three books, one on grief, the next one uh, coming out, hopefully in about a month or two, is going to be on motherhood. And then the third one, hopefully by the end of the year, is going to be about love. And I think those three subjects are so universal, you know, and I think it's something that we would all talk about at a dinner party. So why not have conversation books where, you know, these books where you can stay, they're portable, you can stick them in your handbag and your backpack and your briefcase, and you can always kind of dip into them, kind of like you're taking a friend for a walk in a way, you know, so. Yeah. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's a very good idea. It's like having a guide. Like yes. Something like you can just, you just want to read something and then you get the book and read maybe one chapter and then. Yeah, exactly. I like it. And Tatiana, you've been writing for a long time. You wrote for magazines and blogs during your 20s and you started writing your first novel four years ago, as you yes. said. Yeah. What made you pull the trigger and decide to start writing a book? Um, I had always thought about it because after my youngest was born, she was about a year old and... I was just sitting there thinking, I can't just keep having babies my whole life, even though I, I, love, <laughs> I love it. And I think I'm a good mother and they seem happy. Um, but I, I had to figure out what also I need to do. I can't just stay at home and, and make lunches and cook dinners for my family. 
I needed a different purpose. And I'd always been creative. I've always been writing on and off my whole life. And I thought maybe that's something I should explore. And slowly I started writing again. I submitted some articles to kind of different magazines online and stuff. And it was that family secret that came out that made me go, okay, I think the universe is giving me a sign that I need to do something. This will push me to just rip the bandaid off and just sit down and write a book and be committed to doing that. Otherwise, I think I just would have been floating around kind of not knowing what to do with myself. <laughs> exactly. I was doing the same. And you've mentioned having terrible imposter syndrome, which I'm sure many listeners can relate to. What makes you think you have imposter syndrome? And can you give us an example? It's the struggle of any creative brain to have these voices that say, I'm not good enough. What's the point? You know, whether it's being an entrepreneur, whether it's writing a book, whether it's being a sculptor, if your brain is trying to think of something outside of the box and trying to approach things differently, there will always be days where you end up comparing yourself to other people who get awards or get much more business than you, or who are making more money than you. You know, it's some days I feel like they are just awful. They get on top of me. I think, what's the point? I want to delete all of my manuscripts and just throw them in the bin. It's terrible. And it sounds very you know, dramatic and diva-ish, but it's a real thing. You know, imposter syndrome is very debilitating. It prevents you from doing anything. You know, I, I sit sometimes and I think, at least I will show up and sit in my chair. And even if I write one word, at least I would have kind of defeated that part of my brain for a minute. It doesn't always help. It lingers some days but I just have to live with it. I have to forgive myself and I have to remind myself that it's not a rational part of my brain because ultimately, and I say this all the time and people laugh, but ultimately we are going to be dead one day. None of this will exist. You know, no, we have one life. And I think it's really helpful to remind myself that because then my day, if I have a bad day, it's one bad day. I'm still alive at the end of it. Like just keep moving forward and the next day will be better. Absolutely. And your book has gotten very good reviews. Some are talking about how your book makes them cry. So Tatiana, how did you cope with writing about something personal and emotional? Some days I would cry when writing scenes, um, whether it's kind of writing historical fiction or poetry, it's just the, it's the same kind of feeling that I have to evoke in order to find my authentic voice. So I found it much more difficult writing scenes based on my grandmother's life because of that personal connection. So, you know, it was really hard and it reminded me of her so much and kind of made me think about all of the hard things that she'd gone through. Um, so that was really difficult. 
So some days I would make, I would end up crying while I'm writing, but, and I'm not saying that it was, you know, when you write a first draft, second draft, third draft, they're all terrible. You know, you just go, Oh God, but you just have to get it out. So it's not that I was crying because it was so beautiful and so, you know, genius. I was crying because all of that emotion, all of that like sticky stuff in my heart would be coming out onto the page. So um, it's hard sometimes, but I think it's like watching a sad movie because you know that you need a good cry. It's quite therapeutic to do that. So it kind of, it helped me in the end. Um, but I love the fact that I got, I got those reactions from people in those reviews. Like I love, I don't like making people cry just, you know. Mm-hmm. um, but I do love the fact that somebody connects to my words so much and feels the same feeling that I do. That's magic. You know, that's the magic of writing, I think, that connection. Yeah, I agree with you. And Tatiana, what advice would you give to our listeners? Um, I think the most important thing is always write for yourself, never the industry. You don't write to win awards. You don't write to win book deals or to be a millionaire bestseller or to get movie deals. You write because you have to, you have to get it out. It doesn't matter whether you have a notebook with a collection of poems that nobody will ever see. It's, you're still a writer, you're still valid. Your art is still valid. You could be painting amazing paintings, but no one will ever see them. Does that mean your work is less valid? Not at all. You know, I think people, especially when they're first starting out with writing, They should, especially with social media as well, they see something and they think, oh, everybody's so much more special than I am. I think it's a danger sometimes, the comparison. And I think anybody who's starting out with any creative pursuit, but especially writing, you just have to write. Don't judge yourself. Don't feel like other people are going to judge you. Just write. It's a wonderful gift to be able to sit down and take even 10 minutes just to write a silly poem or a diary entry. It's wonderful. So I think that's the most important thing to kind of find your own voice is just do it for you. Do it because you love it, you know? That was the best advice I could have. I take Thank it you. to <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, and Tatiana, you've been doing a lot, but I'm sure you are going to do many more things. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So what's next for you? So the next thing is uh, my Conversation with Motherhood book is going to come out end of August, early September, and then Conversation with Love, hopefully end of December, mm-hmm. maybe early December. Um, hopefully we can, I can box them all together as a set, um, you know, as a present for somebody for Christmas or just somebody to, you know, but they're um, beautiful covers. I'm really proud of them. So That's what's happening now. Um, my con- uh, my craft and business of books on YouTube. Um, anyone can subscribe. It's still running. I've put pa- I've pressed pause on that for now. I'm not interviewing anybody yet because I'm busy kind of with these books coming out. But I hope to get back to that, and maybe next year because I get so much so many questions about the business of publishing and self publishing. I'm hoping to set up courses. Um, little kind of video courses on self-publishing, on the writing process, on the submitting process to agents. Hopefully next year, I can figure out how to do that so people can 
kind of just get some guidance and help uh, because I can, if I can take my experience and, you know, share it with people, I think it would be really wonderful to be able to give back. Um, and I think that's what's happening. <laughs> it would be amazing if you could give these courses because many people don't know how to start. Yeah, or at least how to present themselves. I think sometimes, you know, you give your book and your manuscript a good shot of getting an agent if you just present yourself and your energy a certain way. And I think it makes all the difference. And I think if I can empower people to do that, it would be such a wonderful feeling knowing that somebody will be proud of themselves and their work just because they got just a little bit of advice, you know? That's wonderful. And Tatiana, where can we find you? I am, I feel like I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> um, so I am on, my books are on Amazon all over the world. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, so my handle is Tatiana Writes. You can also find me on Twitter with the same handle, Tatiana Writes. And if you look up on YouTube, The Craft and Business of Books, you can subscribe. And I also have a website, tatianadenford.com. And then I do little blog posts now of writing that is not actually included in my books yet. It's like new writing that I'm releasing on there. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was amazing, wonderful to talk with you. I will be following you in all your social media. <laughs> Honestly, this has been so much fun and your questions are so wonderful and it felt so comfortable talking to you. It was like having a glass of wine with a friend. Yes, thank you. I feel the same, Tatiana. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.